Civics 101 is supported in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Welcome to Civics 101. I'm Nick Capodice. And I'm Hannah McCarthy. And as some of you may recall, this spring we had our first ever student contest. So we asked high school students across the country to submit their idea for a civics radio piece, and we got some really cool submissions. But the winner, Adia Samba Kui, from the Springfield Renaissance School in Springfield, Massachusetts. Adia pitched us this radio play, she wrote the script, she cast a bunch of her friends, and then we drove down to the Springfield Renaissance School to help her tape it. A couple of things you should know about Adia. First of all, she's 15, and not only did she write this incredible script, she ended up being a great collaborator and, in our estimation, would make a great radio producer one day. <laughs> yeah, we were the lucky ones to be able to work with her. This play takes place in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania in 1787, when the Articles of Confederation had been our governing document for about 10 years, and they had an awful lot of problems. So without further ado, Civics 101 is honored to present Unconventional by Adia Samba Kui. Civics. Civics. Civics 101. Nailed it. Thank you. When you've never truly been free, and then you later wage a whole war for the sake of freedom, you're going to need to figure out how to define freedom on paper. And then make sure it applies to each and every magical situation you're about to face as a newly liberated nation. Farmer George didn't take the whole revolution thing well. You are lost without me. Lost! But America didn't immediately become the young, independent nation that don't need no motherland she wanted to be. For example, <clears throat> the Articles of Confederation. We don't really have to pay your taxes, only state taxes. We're about to get into a land war with Indians without your permission. We're going to make it impossible for anyone to try to fix this document. I thought you all hated this document. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, <sighs> the federal government suffered a decade of this. 55 delegates, the most white and male citizens, were cordially invited to indulge in the privilege of rebirthing government right here in the Philadelphia State House. And like actual labor, it was painful. This brings us to talking point number one. Be Franks in the building! Yeah! Be Franks is indeed in the house. Large Benjamin, how would you describe your approach to proposals during the early days of the convention? What's with the surveillance device? My camera? Yes, that thing. Oh, I'm just recording a little documentary about the beginning of our American Constitution. I thought it'd be sort of neat to archive all the debates and decisions here. You'd rather spend your day listening to a bunch of old jabronis ramble about rules and regs? That's really sad. <clears throat> How would an old jabroni like you describe your approach to proposals during the early days of the convention? Obviously, I would describe it as calm, cool, and collected. The sort of level-headed wisdom and guidance severely lacking in our current government. Supermajority? Sucks. One House Congress? Sucks. The Articles on Confederation? Sucks. How are we going to change the AOC if even the method of amending it sucks? We keep the Articles of Confederation and work hard to improve it. And, and you are? David Burley of New Jersey. That's spelled B-R-E-A-R-L-E-Y. I believe that maintaining a union is going to be difficult, no doubt. But no one guaranteed governing was easy. Well, David Barfley. Ugh, yes. You're incorrect. We burned the Articles of Confederation and put a new constitution in its place. Burning it seems to be easier than governing. Any questions? What if we create a new constitution and it fails? Then I'll guess I'll see you in another ten years, Charles Pickney. Any more questions? Jonathan Langdon of New Hampshire raises his hand. Where's Rhode Island? Listen, kid. 
I may be but 88 years old, but I know a thing or two. If Rhode Island was afraid of a powerful federal government, let her be a coward in the comfort of her own home. We'll be the ones with a legacy. Okay. Jonathan Langdon, why did you choose to say something so controversial, yet so brave? Well, what happened was, I didn't know what body of water surrounded Rhode Island, and I was concerned the delegates didn't catch a ferry in time. But I guess it's a misnomer. No island, just a state. Tell Franklin, and I'll hurt you. Aight, if we ignore what Langdon just said, I think we can call it a wrap. All those in favor of revising the Articles of Confederation? Aye, nay. See you tomorrow. Talking point number two. While we were gone, George Washington proposed a way to prevent the federal government from acquiring too much power. I serve as a general in one war, just one. And now whenever I walk into a room, those guys address me as sir. Someone called me his excellency last night. I'm not as excellent as they think I am. Or maybe not as excellent as they think I think I am. Anyway, I'm trying to get three equal branches of government to keep each other in check all the time. Only thing is, the executive includes a president. And if those fools elect me, I swear I'm gonna flip. Do you know how much federal government accomplished under the AOC? That's right, nothing. We did do a couple good things. Nothing! Instead of one single stick, we all get three branches, stay with me, stay with me, of government. One branch is the legislative, who writes up laws of our nation. Once we work out what Congress is actually made up of, those representatives will be responsible for proposing new laws. The executive branch ensures law is being carried out in the country. The president is the head of this branch, along with his cabinet. Finally, the judicial branch interprets the law passed by Congress. Each branch has the ability to override the actions of another. No branch is more powerful than the other. Right now, stop this! I just want to rest. I can't believe Washington invented equality. I love a woke queen. He's not excellent. Thank you. That's a terrible plan. All right, let's calm it down. It smells like monarchy. If my plan was so terrible, then why did it just pass eight to four? It did. Ah, <laughs> oh, damn it! The delegates also tried to turn the nine out of thirteen state votes needed to fix the Constitution. If there was supposed to be a takeaway, it died. The voice of the people. Hey, did anyone ever tell you you'd make a good president? Knock it off. Yes, sir. Uh, Charles Pinckney of South Carolina, what do you hope to accomplish in order to sue the rocky process of passing laws? Hello? Pinckney? Huh? What? You asked for an interview. I'm giving you an interview. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> just, just answer the question. What was the question? Oh, we all thought supermajority was a good choice six years ago. I was like, 9 out of 13 states, we get along pretty well. This won't be too bad. We'll regularly see at least nine of us in Congress agree to a law in order for it to pass. And then they were like, um, being difficult is so funny. Let's do it for six whole years. And I was like, no, don't do that. Stop. And they were like, whatever, loser. That's why no one loves <coughs> Pinkney, you should probably talk to someone about that. Probably. Can we edit that out? We need to allow laws to pass with the majority vote. Simple majority enough? Get it, guys? The majority? Bah. All those opposed? Me! Damn it, Langdon. Under Pickney's dookie proposal... Jonathan, that's not really funny. 51% would be enough to pass a law. What if almost all of us disagree with the law? You expect me to tolerate it? Because it's a fact of life, not everyone is going to agree with me? That would be nice. That would be nice. Disgusting. That doesn't ring true with my understanding of freedom. Gag. We will not be enslaved.
tried to say the S word. Chill, bro. Ch chill, chill, John. Just Do chill. You patronize your wife with that mouth? Blech. Strike that comment from the record, Madison. I am so sorry you all had to hear that. Rule number one of the convention. Don't ever say the S word. Talking point number three. Making the new constitution easier to amend. Hey, and here comes Maryland's James McHenry standing his ground. If we don't make this new constitution into something that can be fixed or changed, we're going to find ourselves in the exact same place in a few years. I'm not perfect. David Barney is not perfect. William Patterson is a mess, along with the entire state of New Jersey. So we're okay with the fact that this new constitution won't be perfect. I call for the amendment process to be changed. How exactly? I don't know. Something with fractions, maybe? <laughs> fractions. Based on his oration skills and overall unremarkabilityness, I am most certainly the superior James. Yes, James Madison has declined any interviews with me from now until he's ready because he wants to take notes for himself about the various delegates. Nerd. Madison rises from his seat. He finally has something to say to me. What kind of things would you want the audience to know about you, Madison? A magician never reveals his secrets. You're not a magician. You're just a framer. A framer never reveals Listen, his... Listen, are you going to tell us your proposal or not? Because we have plenty of delegates behind you who will be willing to share. Basically... You don't have to be this close to the mic. You know how Virginia is the biggest state in the country? Sure. When Congress is voting for legislation to be passed, our votes should count for much more than, like, Delaware, because... Well, Delaware. Delaware was the first state admitted to the Union. That's their only bragging right. Fair. I simply believe representation in Congress should rely on population alone. Bigger state, bigger voice, bigger choice. That'll be uh, interesting to witness. Fellas, I have an idea. Does anyone know how many citizens Virginia has exactly? 747,000. Give or take. Right. And how many people live in your state, Bedford? Gunning Bedford Jr. Hi. Represents the state of Delaware. He declined to explain his overall goal here at the Constitution, which leads one to assume he has no overall goals here. 58,000? 58,000 58, and... 94. In what world should we be represented by one single congressman when we are 12 times larger? I'll tell you what world. England. In this nation, in this constitution, states should be represented fairly, which means representatives should reflect state populations. What you're trying to say is Delaware should have one representative. And we should have 12. 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 This is the most smoothly I've ever seen a decision go down. I'm actually impressed with these guys. Uh, sir, sir, permission to speak. Permission granted or whatever, I don't even care anymore. Hey, hi, it's New Jersey's very own William Patterson and I'm calling Bull. This is not okay, who thinks this is okay? Like seriously, is that what Channing does to the foolish? I can't answer any of those questions. I don't expect you to. This is not the spirit of our system. I thought the whole point of us coming together as a union was that we're all going to be equal parts of our country. I've had enough New Jersey slander. Oh, brother. Gentlemen! A hush blankets the crowd. Virginia only wants representatives to be decided by population size because it means states like them would suddenly have more power. My state of New Jersey is just as important as any other state, as even Delaware. We should have just as much a say as they do. Can, can you all leave Delaware out of this? Yes, you should have just as much say in the government. But clearly, there's something important about my state, so it's sensible for our votes to be prioritized. 
We are doing something right. Meh. That indifferent meh was Luther Martin of Maryland, recipient of the least rhythmic sounding name of the English Language Award. Perhaps Madison is right, McHenry. Some of the greatest leaders in our short history. Looking at you, General. Oh, stop. Leaders come from these populated countries. Influence is about status, after all. See that door over there, Martin? It's a finely constructed door. Could you show us how it works, please? Certainly. You simply rotate this knob and push open, and then you close it. And now I'm locked outside the room. Now you're locked outside the room. Do you know why you're locked outside the room? For being a dissenting opinion within your own group. Oh, for being a dissenting opinion with my own group. Yes. I only kicked him out because he agreed with the other James. Tensions are at an all-time high. Excuse me. But as a proud New Hampshireian, Hampshireian is not a real word. I stand with New Jersey's plan. If you are from a small state and you are okay with representation based on population, you are willingly giving up your speech in this nation. New Hampshire cannot and will not accept this if the proposal is passed. All the large states are going to do is gut our power and leave us unable to make decisions. In fact, we can become our own country and not ally with you in any way. So, ha. What if that happens? Come, Come again? again? Perhaps we're doing this to get rid of the weak links. Natural selection taking its course. To a point where the only states worth listening to are the populist ones. What are you going to do about it? What can we do about it? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You're the one who came up with this idea. I didn't think I'd get this far. We are very much outnumbered. If we do a vote now, there goes our congressional representation. If this proposal passes, our lines will implode. Boom! That's the sound of our alliance. All of us small states will leave. Maybe we'll be our own countries. Maybe we'll ally together. But we will not stay a part of a country that does not treat us like equals. The room begins to descend into chaos when, lo and behold, both. My name is Roger Sherman. I represent the beautiful state of Connecticut. I was doodling on my parchment because the Constitution stuff gets a little stressful for the old noggin. But I was like, why don't we incorporate both ideas? You seem excited to announce this compromise. It's a great compromise. I'm quite proud of it. Let's make a compromise. How about a two-house legislature? One will follow the Virginia plan and will give each state a number of representatives based on population size. We can call that the House of Representatives. And then we will have a second legislature called the Senate. That one will allow each state to elect two representatives regardless of size. That means each House of Congress will have to vote a proposal before it becomes a law. <laughs> uh, excuse me? Uh, hi. This is Caleb Strong of Massachusetts. First of all, are you okay, Strong? No. May I ask why? I'm going to have to say the S word. Dear Lord, good luck out there. Thank you for your hard work, but I hate this. Are you telling me in the House of Representatives slavery? Strong is cut off by wailing and hollering. I love my job. He said the S-word. Do not say the S-word. That is not okay. But isn't that what y'all do? Partake in the slave trade? Boy, what is wrong with you? Did we not say we weren't going to use the S-word? So can someone tell me why I'm hearing the S-word? Strong attempted to bring up slavery at the Constitutional Convention. South Carolina has the largest domestic slave market in the United States. You can see the problem now. It's not truly slavery per se. It's more of a non-consensual farming. Are you telling me that in the House of Representatives, slave states are going to have a lot of power in the government because they are counting slaves as citizens they are representing? 
They should not be able to control other human beings. He's on the right track. We could finally prohibit slavery in America. Slaves cannot be counted as a part of a state's population of citizens. Caleb, yes! They must be counted as property. Caleb, no! We're gonna leave again. Guys, hey guys. Guys, listen up, you dirty chamber pots! Whoa. Let's make a compromise. I said let's make a freaking compromise! Thank you. Bedford, Patterson, Bailey, and Langford. I totally get that you're upset, and I'd be too. Why don't we agree slave states can count three-fifths of their slaves towards population? They can count most of their slaves, but not all their slaves, towards how much power they get in the House of Representatives. I don't see a problem. Except the whole slavery part, but okay. All those in favor? Aye! Sherman never said all of his compromises were great. Talking point number five. I am sitting here with undoubtedly Rookie of the Year, in terms of congressional approval, that is, Alexander Hamilton. Now, Hamilton, what exactly do you plan to do after this one-hour break? I am planning to propose a college of some sort. Okay, whatever that means. I wish you luck. I don't know who the hell he thinks he is. Bastard sails in from the Caribbean because of some scary wind and water. Alexander Hamilton is getting an ear chewing from William Blount of North Carolina. And it's called a hurricane. You really expect your average farmer in the middle of nowhere to be informed enough to always choose the best president? He just proposed a barrier between the people and the election of the president. A college of some sort. The Electoral College. Wasn't that the judgment of the people to bring us all here to this room to try and figure out what to do about our messed up constitution? You didn't doubt their wisdom then. You're a messed up constitution. Comeback game is quite strong. All we have to do is use the number we settled on for Congress to see how many electors each state gets. Don't boo me, I'm right. No, he's not. What we need to do is trust the will of the people since that is what it means to be a true democracy. No, 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 you're not listening. What if people choose an immoral, uneducated, unprepared candidate who could lead this country off a cliff? If we're lucky enough, maybe we'll elect a man who's all three. Guys, let's compromise. And why are you so eager to offer solutions? I just want to see a real nice country come together. And if compromises are the way to do it, then why not? Yes, because the last compromise went so smoothly. Ouch. I hate Blount. He is very mean to me, and I don't like it. Welcome to America. Electoral College? More like a safety school. You Yankee. Dad, tell Blount that I'm going to run a vote He's going to have to put up with it, and that he's a coward. Blount, Hamilton says. I heard your excellency. Gross. Tell Hamilton I'll rest my case as long as he agrees to never look in my direction for as long as he lives. It won't be too long. Are you boys done? Because I'm about ready to secede from this room. Have we come to a decision? Blount and I both believe that the Electoral College is an integral part of democracy, and we would be dunces to let this idea slip between our fingers. Hey, wait a minute. Hope this doesn't backfire. All those in favor of an electoral college? Aye. Oh, goody. I pronounce this convention convened. That's not really what convened means, but okay. Go forth and be merry. If you had one word to describe this experience from May to August, what would it be? Hamilton? Fulfilling. Blount? Pathetic. Strong? Spicy. Washington? Complicated. Madison? Exciting. Patterson? Insulting. Martin? Brief. Langdon? Mediocre. 
Bedford Jr. Satisfying. McHenry? Weird. Franklin? Savory. Sherman? Cooperative. Pinckney? Stressful. Burley? Unconventional. Unconventional. See men from diverse backgrounds. No, thank you. Hey, this is Adia calling from Springfield, Mass. Unconventional was written and narrated by me, Adia Samakui, also starring Ava Davis as King George III, Brian Vaux, Lawrence Thompson, and Marcus Jean Mary as the Americans, Michelle Santiago as Benjamin Franklin, Brianna Gushman as David Rearley, Brooklyn Jones as Charles Pinckney, Kayla Fontaine as Jonathan Langdon, Karina Rosado as George Washington, Jakaya Waring as William Patterson, Carla R. as James McHenry, Maya Sanquiz as James Madison, Gianna Colon as Dunning Bedford Jr., Diana Asamoah as Luther Martin, John A. Brown as Alexander Hamilton, Rochelle Vargas as Roger Sherman, Pamela Fiano as Caleb Strong, and Erilyn Lord as William Blount. And that's about it for this very special 4th of July episode of Civics 101. Today's episode was produced by me, Nick Capodice, and Hannah McCarthy. Our staff includes Jimmy Gutierrez, Justine Paradise, Taylor Quimby, Ben Henry, and Jackie Halbert. Our executive producer is Erica Janik. Stay tuned for the next Civics 101 student contest. You can follow us at Civics101Pod or go to our website, Civics101Podcast.org. Civics 101 is a production of NHPR, New Hampshire Public Radio.